Welcome to another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. This is Paul, your host. We've got John and Sean. We're going to tonight be talking about our favourite sporting movies. They can be documentaries, they can be real life or fictional. And uh, we're not going down the TV realm. There's been some great TV documentaries, but we're talking about one-offs and so forth. So join us on the Love Sport Podcast. John, we're in for a, uh, another podcast tonight. We're on the Love Sport Network, and uh, we're going to look at our top six sporting movies. Um, just before we do, hello to both of you. Yeah, good day, Paul. How are we doing, man? Semi-decent. What about yourselves? Yeah, not too shabby, not too shabby, man. And John? Mate, I'm hanging in there. He's hanging? Okay, he's hanging in there, righty So let's, uh, he's, uh, we did have to check it is, uh, are you okay, though? But it should be every day of the year. <laughs> So let's put a caveat on our six movies. So we've decided that they can be docu- sporting documentaries, they can be sporting movies, but they can't be ongoing like TV series, um, so Hard Knocks or anything like that. So we just want to put that caveat on it. And we're going to fire away, put John under the pump, and uh, it doesn't have to be in any specific order. Your first movie off the rank. Oh, well, you know, I, I like to go in order because I can't see the point of doing it otherwise. No. <laughs> and the first thing is, you need to know I'm not a big movie guy. I don't like. I'm not into Star Wars. I, I, I haven't seen what's it name Indiana Jones. People say, "Oh, you must have seen Back to the Future." And I go, "No, I saw that's Beaches heresy. at the movies." That's heresy, man. That's heresy, man. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like I've seen, I'm, but I'm, but I was always a, I was always a dude who was listening to music and then yeah. loving sport on the radio. So I didn't really. I mean, I've seen movies. And the movies I've got I like, but I just want to say I'm not I'm not a guy who's seen every movie ever, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, I and, and so that. I make that as an excuse. So I, I'm starting with um, Field of Dreams because I still use the quote from that, if you build it, they will come. And I love that movie. It's awesome. Like, uh, let's build a baseball diamond and see what team comes up. And I, I kind of like Kevin Costner. I think he's all right. So there you go. That's my number six. That's where well, we're starting from, isn't it? That's a fantastic one. It's a slow burn movie, and it, um, as you said, there's so many quotes on it. And the one you just gave is is one that I think you're a teacher. I reckon every teacher should use that, and every parent. Um, so a little bit of a synopsis on that. Basically, he hears his voices, his ghosts, sees ghosts. Quite yeah, that's right. Advising him to build it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you better build a field, idiot. Get out there and get started. It was a bit like, um, what was that stupid movie? Remember when the dude turned was doing Noah's Ark? I saw that one. Was that called when, Noah? Uh, he was, no, he was here and um, it was the it was the comedian Ben Stiller. And oh God! He was saying, "Oh, you you got it," and it was Morgan Freeman was God. It was like, no, yeah. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey wasn't it? Jim Carrey was it? No, well, someone Morgan Freeman was in there somewhere because yeah, he is God. Oh, oh, last time I saw you, you were that's Nelson Mandela being God. <laughs> Actually, that, actually, in 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 real life, in real life, that reminds me a little bit of Clive Palmer because he hears voices and then builds things, and and you know what I mean. It's it's there's so many similar, so many similarities. Yeah. Well, as a crossover, did anyone put Invictus in? I haven't oh, got it in my, I haven't got it in my list, but it's a great film. It is a great, a great film. film. The only reason yeah. I'm saying that because uh, Morgan Freeman played Nelson Mandela, didn't he, in that movie? Well, can I say well, just one thing about? Can I just say just one thing about that? Can I just say just one thing about that? I was super disappointed that when he gave the trophy in the film, he didn't do the big fist pump. I didn't. I didn't see the big fist yeah, pump. No, good call, good call. So none of us had Invictus. That's a bit of a giveaway straight away. But Field of Dreams, I think people um, who don't follow baseball, it's just a great movie. It's not just about sport though, is it? It's um yeah, it's a really good movie there as well. So um, it's all about the journey, isn't it? It's all about the journey and oh my god, I hate terms like that. I'd rather talk about Morgan Freeman being Nelson Mandela and being God at the same time. But yeah, the journey and uh let's build a field and see what happens. I'd love to do that. Oh look you guys are cricketers and uh plenty of people have done that. Um a guy I know, Nev Paulson, has um done a pitch out his backyard, he's got a bowling machine and he teaches his grandkids. 
And if they're not going to be uh, future Queensland players, I'll be shocked. It, it looks absolutely fantastic. I'll post a couple of things up for you. Does he Does he give them some chin music, Paul? Oh, absolutely. And I'll tell Good you man. what, they, Good they, man. They, they, don't, uh, they don't worry about it all. You know, I think they're six and, six and seven now. And yeah, we've got future Australian stars there. What Good about, man. What about you, Sean? Well, segueing on from Ching Music, I've got uh, uh, the first one I've got on my list, uh, in no particular order in my, in my case, is Fire in, Bab- Fire in Babylon. Um, it was, it, I thought that was one of the best sporting films I've ever seen in terms of uh, the West Indies got absolutely bashed up by Australia in 1975, 75-6. Uh, yep. And... Um, and and this film's just about the rise and rise to world domination of West Indies cricket, and um, and and as I said, the Aussies bashed them up. Tomo and Lily were even actually, arguably, Tomo and Lily were, were more destructive than the one against England the season before, and uh, and Clive Lloyd's famously quoted as saying that will never ever happen again. And um, this is five, isn't it, Sean? Yeah, what are you say, mate? This is 1975 in Australia. I think it was, it? yeah, I think it was 75, 76 season in Australia yeah. Uh, yeah. when when uh, the West Indies got bashed up. Uh, the West Indies got bashed up big time, and uh, Clive Lloyd said never again. And 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 unfortunately, uh, the aftermath of that <laughs> was the 1976 season in in England <laughs> when uh, Tony Tony Gregg famously said, "You know, we're going to make them grovel." And essentially, the West Indies dominated Test cricket for 15 years. And and just coming back to that, nineties, and, and you know, let's be right. At one stage, the West Indies had about eight, eight and nine fast bowlers who could have played Test cricket at any given time. They were just astonishing. And and um, as I say, Tony Gregg didn't help matters by saying that. But just one thing about that: if you ever get the chance. Look up YouTube and, and look up Brian Close, 1976 uh, recall. He was 45, and they, they did the um, Colin Cowdery-esque, as, the, as happened in Australia. They brought him back for the first three tests of the series, and uh, he was 45-year-old. And Colin, uh, so, sorry, uh, Brian Close was famous for being tough as teak. And, uh, but there's tough and there's stupid. And uh, basically... Uh, Michael Holding, it's a famous, it's about a two minute clip on YouTube. Michael Holding tried to take his head off and 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 Brian Close famously had, his body was covered in bruises and and, and just just to finish up on this guy, brilliant, brilliant film. But Brian Close, I reckon he must be the only guy to play test cricket in four decades. Wow. Well, made, his de- made, his, made his debut as an 18-year-old in, in mm. 1949 and finished his test career in 1976. We'll have to look into that. I reckon there'd be... Yeah, can't be many. Can't, can't be, be many. many. No, there would be, there'd be a handful. I was actually... You, you said before um, there's smart and then there's... Uh, oh, sorry, there's tough and then there's stupid. Uh, but you guys do both <laughs> for the Brisbane Lions. You've got Mitch Robinson, so you've got both of those covered there. Um I'm going to go through. I, I, I love my basketball movies. I'm love, going to let that one. I'm going to let that one through to the keeper. Just like well, there's never been history is a little bit how you're going, like a bit, a bit, a bit triggered. <laughs> I, I have to get into you guys somehow, including the fans. Uh, I, as I said, mate, I have to get into you somehow. Um, looked at there all, you go. Looked at a lot of basketball movies, and I was looking at Coach Carter and, and different things like that. Ones I've loved. One that my dad introduced me to, and my dad's not a big basketball fan, but he just loves Gene Hackman. I'm going to get the name wrong. Who's yes? Or I always get it wrong, but um, basically back in the uh, 50s about getting a basketball team from, from nowhere to, you know, basically winning national titles. Um, absolutely brilliant movie. Always get the name wrong. So apologies to anyone who's a Gene Hackman fan. Oh, Hoosiers. Hoosiers, yeah. So Hoosiers, it's about Indiana State University, 100%, isn't it? Hundred percent, and and about how they become yeah. the powerhouse. And uh, there's mm. so many other movies that have basically followed the formula. Like it's like every decade has a new version of that movie. Um, so if you do get a chance, yeah. go back and watch it because it's brilliant acting. It's every kind of it's. If you look back at it now, as if it was made now, you would say it's full of cliches. But this is the movie that set those cliches. So um, that's my basketball choice anyway. 
Um, we'll go back. All to right, that's probably a bit like my my number five, which um, you know, I saw it, I saw it years ago, and now and I saw it, I watched it during the shutdown when we. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say during the clampdown, because um, that's a cooler way of calling it. Remember, we were all clamped down at home, yeah. And um, like our Melbourne people are at the moment, and I watched Rudy again, and Rudy hasn't aged well, but I really loved it. Rudy's about. Uh, a walk-on at Notre Dame, Notre Dame University in the in uh, college football, and I have heard from, you know, Mike Golick Senior, who's a an ESPN radio guy who I quite like. He knew Rudy, and he said there's no truth at all in the movie at all. But it's a fantastic movie, and I, I quite like. Sean Astin is the, the 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 dude, one of the hobbits, I believe, plays Rudy. I wouldn't know. Is he really? Yeah. Well, he could be because I'm, I'm pretty, I'm because sure uh, I haven't seen The Hobbit and I've seen Rudy, so he could be. I'm pretty sure it is. And um, so he's got like um, a stumped foot or something, and he becomes a kicker. Is that is that the movie? Well, along the, yeah, along those no, lines. Yeah. Probably a poor snob. We've all got. <laughs> you there? Yes, we are, mate. Dead, <laughs> hashtag hashtag dead air. <laughs> I was like. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't want to, you know, in case we get a, you know, somebody coming back at us about everyone needs, you know, equal time on air. But, um, you know, my foot's no good either, so we're all the same. Yeah, I just, um, I haven't seen the movie in many years, and uh, I, I, what, what makes you really like it? Because I've, I've, I've found that a hard watching. Well, I'm thinking about it's a bit like every sports movie that's got that, you know, you come from nowhere and you're no one and you make it. Like, let's be real, back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, Notre Dame University was one of the biggest sports programs of anything in the world, their football team. Yeah. And if you could make it there, you, um, make you it could literally anywhere. make it anywhere. So, you know, to be a, a, a dude who was on the sideline and become a kicker or, or or do anything in any kind of sport, it's like, oh, I went up centre forward for Newcastle and scored a goal. Yeah, yeah, spot on. That's what those movies are all about. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I struggled on a rewatch. I know I watched it years ago and probably another probably 12 to 18 months ago, and I, I struggled. I don't think it's aged well, but it was a good story for sure, absolutely. No, I did say that. I said it was absolute rubbish the second time I saw it, but I was working <laughs> off the I was working off the first time I saw it yeah. when I was like, wow, I really like that. That was good. No, it's got, got a good story to it. What about you there, Sean? Uh, well, segueing on from the basketball, um, to, just to quantify this list that I've got here, what, what we've got, we've got two um, film documentaries, and I've got four dramatizations so i'm going with the film documentaries first but to segue on from the uh, basketball uh one of the most amazing things i've ever watched in my life was once brothers um it's a 30 to 30 espn production goes for it's it's movie length it goes for about 90 minutes and it's a story about drazen petrovich and uh vladi divac oh yeah and that is uh, amazing and and, yeah. and 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 to this day, whenever I watch that, whenever I watch that again, it still brings a tear to me. It's it, it's one of the most uh, emotional things you'll ever see. Uh, these guys grew up in the Yugoslav system of basketball. Yugoslavia were arguably one of the greatest sporting nations, actually, uh, when truth be known, uh, in the sports that they concentrated on. But you know, basketball, uh, soccer, and uh, handball. Uh, etc cetera, etc cetera. and um, these guys were best mates they grew up through the through the ranks of the Yugoslavian system yeah. and um, unfortunately we all know what happened around about the, t- the uh, 1990 late 80s 1990 91 and um, well, correct and, me if I'm wrong sure that that Yugoslavia was going into that football world cup as one of the absolute favourites to win it. Well, they, and Croatia still cobbled together something, didn't they, from the Yeah, from absolutely. The well, absolutely. I, th- I think the best example of that, John, is uh, the uh, 92 European Championships where Yugoslavia were uh, uh, had qualified for the tournament. They were uh, expelled from the tournament. Denmark were brought in as late replacements and Denmark won the tournament. Uh, so, 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 but uh, th- this particular thing, were, you know, these guys were best mates. Uh, they both got drafted by the, in the NBA. I think Petrovic got originally drafted by the Portland Blazers, 
Then he went to the New Jersey Nets. Uh, Divac went to the Lakers, played, you know, in a great Lakers team. And um, and, and sadly, they, these guys who were, uh, as, as is indicated in the title there, once brothers, that, that they were best mates. And unfortunately, one was Croat, one was Serb. And um, when 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 the when the war in Yugoslavia broke out and it started to disintegrate, sadly they they became disenfranchised, and um, unfortunately Petrovic died in a car crash in 1993. And uh, yeah. uh, and it, and it, and it's and and I if if you haven't if anyone's listening to this, I hope some people are. But if anyone's listening to this, <laughs> uh, I, I, I would strongly strongly recommend. The ESPN 30 for 30 Once Brothers, because it is one of the most amazing things you will ever, ever, ever see. Divac seemed like a lovely soul, and when he went to see the mother of Petrovic, remember? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, amazing, and, amazing. One of the pure moments of, uh, and it wasn't about sport. And you know what? It was one of those things where you go, like today, every time I go to watch any of the sports that I like, I'm surrounded by politics and issues and this that and the other and you just and you know the real joy of sport is that you know when you're maybe between 10 and 20 and you're playing and it sort of captures that to be and honest, it captures how how it gets hijacked yeah. to be honest with you to be honest with you john that's one of the most emotional parts of the old of the old story because in in, in, in my opinion that that sort of squares the circle for me in terms of in terms of people are people doesn't matter what religion you are. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter what if you're Croat or Serb or whatever. You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Divac went to see Petrovic's mother, and he was made welcome. And yeah. and 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 that to me was that that to me is the best part of the film because it gives hope. It says, listen, we don't have to do this. We don't have to do this shit. We don't have to. We can be. We can come together. You know, and, it, and 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 for me, it's it's an absolute work of genius. Absolutely true, but it's no Rudy, mate. No, it's definitely no Rudy. Um, now we we're talking about you know, <laughs> movies from all different generations, and and we're talking about money. You're saying about politics and the crossover there, um, but a movie completely away from that for me. Um, and I read the book first by Michael Lewis was Moneyball. I cannot stop watching it every time it's on. I just love the idea of in big money sport where money rules the Premier League, money rules baseball, money rules NFL and things like that. A team like the Oakland A's could be competitive using a system that no one had ever used, denigrated by all other managers in the system. And now heaps of clubs, including Boston, have a, um, uh, have a money ball style system. Uh, book's brilliant, but I think Brad Pitt does an amazing job of not being Brad Pitt. You know, like sometimes you see an actor and you just go, oh, that's just Brad Pitt. But he really takes on the role of the, uh, you know, of the baseball manager, the operations manager, that is. And I don't know if you guys have seen it. I'm sure you have. But just amazing to fight the system and to put something together that no one else does, you know, on base percentage. Um, all these different things that weren't looked at um, have now been taken on by other, other teams. It's an amazing, it's an amazing uh, story in terms of, um, and and it sort of comes back to, um, it, it it comes back to, it's like a science, isn't it? It's 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 it, it's. I, I I love the I love the film in terms of, as you say, it sort of breaks the mold. It says, everyone says this is how we do it, and they said, well, actually, no, this isn't how we do it. We're going a different way, and and we're going to prove it can work. And, and how good was that? Oh, absolutely. And uh, Billy Bean was the uh, was the manager there of the Oakland A's. Um, and he's just across, if we're talking about football, he, he owns uh, part of uh, Barnsley and uh, AZ Alkmaar as well now in the uh, Eredivisie. So he's, you know, it, it's, it's pretty cool. He's gone and invested the money that he's made and he's now involved in another sport. Um, and he is trying to use that money ball kind of concept with those teams as well. Well, best of, best of British with the Barnsley project. How good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Oakland A's. Come on. 
are they the are they the pretty boy are they the pretty boy team of baseball? No way. So uh... <laughs> it was a cool movie, and I liked it. And and the thing is, it gets quoted all the time now. Whenever you've got a tight manager, so like I'm sure Mike Ashley's been playing Moneyball for years at Newcastle. He's been playing something. Uh, with oh, he's, getting his, he's, he's getting he's getting he's uh, he's got his wallet out now, Johnny boy. He does. He's uh, he's made a couple of good signings there, man. He does. Are we talking about that later? I don't know. We still do a football podcast or these like um, curio things, but it's all good. Uh, we'll be coming back to our football podcast uh, over the next week or so because uh, most of the big leagues are kicking back off and uh, we'll obviously see Leeds and Newcastle trailing the wake of Villa, which is going to be an amazing season to watch you guys struggle in relegation zones. It's, well, don't worry. It's for the drop. I don't. I've got no. I've got no delusions of grandeur. Well, if you if you listen to some of the uh, people talking about Jack Grealish, apparently the uh, apparently uh, God had two sons, not just Jesus. Apparently, it's Jack <laughs> Jack Grealish. Come on, he so, did, more, uh, did more in fifteen minutes for England than uh, Southgate's done in his whole career. But we'll leave it at that. Absolutely. <laughs> Moving right. Two along. West. Moving two right two villains. Both of them. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. Yep, moving right along, boys. I've only got three left there, so I'm going to leave it to you guys to keep going. Well, I've, well we all do. I guess, no, well, I go, Shawnee, because I really liked your last one. It was a, it was a tearjerker. Okay, well, I've got <laughs> most things I say online, are mate. Don't worry about it's it. A curtain uh, I'm, yeah, it was good. I've gone for one uh, from left field. And That's how, how unusual, how unusual, and and it and it's and it's a bit of a kitchen sink drama, British kitchen sink drama from the sixties, early sixties. Oh, yeah. um, this sporting life. Oh yes, uh, and it's uh, Richard Harris and his absolute pomp, absolute pomp, and and it's a black and white film set in the north of England in West Yorkshire, and it's it's about it and it and it. To, to me, the best part of this film, it sums up the brutality of life. Yeah. And it sums up the brutality of rugby league. Uh, mm. uh this guy was a tough guy, he was a he was a bit of a bit of a knuckler, and 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 he and he basically he, he got a gig for Wakefield Trinity in the in, in the in the rugby league in the north of England. Wally Lewis Um yeah, absolutely, and and, he, and it's uh, Rachel Roberts was his landlady. There was a bit of a romantic scene set in there, didn't quite work out. It, it was just it summed up it summed up post war Britain. Um, uh, you know, it was tough. It was it, it was hard. It was it, and, and it was and it, 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 anyone anyone who loves rugby league um, would 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 uh, look out. The spot in life, 1963, Richard Harris, as I say, and 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 uh, and, and a Hunslet story. A fella called Ken Trail. He had a pub in Huns in Hunslet called the Prospect, and uh, and and he was he was a great rugby league player back in the day, and he was the um, he was he was became great mates with Richard Harris, and all the stories I used to hear about him going over to his. Is is um, Villa on Lake Como and all this, but but um, <laughs> the 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 actual movie itself, it's like a it's like a um, uh, you know you sort of it's like a, a you sort of looking down on Britain in the nineteen in the early nineteen sixties late nineteen fifties, life was brutal, rugby league was brutal. This film's great, and, and I'll say what a people well, got... a lot of people have missed it, mm. um, but it did win. It did win Academy Awards for both actors, uh, and it won. Not sure, not sure about Academy Awards, mate. But it, it was, it was, it, 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 it was certainly, it certainly mentioned in, in and as I said, as here we go, mate. Here we get go. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Academy it's a, it's Award a, by Richard Harris and Rachel Roberts both won an Academy Award, which was very, wow. very, How about that? very rare for British movies. It's um, a viewpoint. It's a real. It's a real view on the north of England in that in that era, and, it, and I'd strongly recommend it to anyone. And as I said, and it, it shows, the, it shows here, the brutality. Shows the brutality further. of the rugby league. It actually won Best Actor in Cannes. Um, it won Oscar. Um, in fact, I do apologise. It was a nomination for Best Actor for. Uh, but you've got to think in those times for a British movie of you know with rugby origins to cross over and. It won a Cannes Award, Academy Award. I think it was nominated. Factors. I think it, it was, was nominated in Academy Award. It was. It was. Apologies, but did it get an Sorry, mate. 
And did you get an aria? Well, did no, get no, 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 I didn't get the aria. Unfortunately, the voices uh, from the coal mines didn't carry across. But BAFTA's nominations, Cannes Film Festival, it's a movie definitely worth watching. I and, strong, strongly recommend it. And one of Australia's... Um, well, to me, leading podcast every, when you say this sporting life, it always reminds me of my, two of my, my absolute idols of anything and anything in life. And I've listened to more of them than probably... Anybody else in radio, TV, on podcasts is Roy and HG, and they named their podcaster. And you know what, Shawnee? I never knew where that name came from until right now. No, so, nor did I. Nor and did that I. makes sense. Thank you. That's brilliant. Wonderful, wonderful film. Strongly recommend. I was going to say I'm going to watch it this week. the same as you, John. I um, One of my favourite ever radio shows and podcasts, and now I know where it came from. So, well done, Sean. That's a fantastic one. Mm. And I'll be giving it a watch. So, John, over to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Beat that. I'm sorry. So my next. I I was going to be an, a complete, you know, idiot and go with a movie called A Window in the Sky, which was something I saw when I was about twelve about a a lady who injured herself before the Olympics in a skiing accident and had an affair with Bo Bridges. And when I was looking at it before, it was like, ooh. There was about six different versions of that movie, but I'm going to change that after what you got. We were talking about, and I'm going to go with uh, a truly great documentary that I watched during the clampdown again, and it's called The English Game. Oh yes, oh, gotten this, about. It. Does this break our rules? Is this is this a is it a series though? No, I, I think it was a. I think it was a. I think it was a historical documentary. Okay, well, well. We'll let that one go through. It, I think the stewards. Through. I think the stewards might be looking at that one. Well, if if they don't like it, I can go back to a window in the sky and we can talk about that. No, 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 especially no. when Bridges is. Go to the English game. Let's hear that. <laughs> well, how awesome was it? Because you you know you're watching the stuff about you know you've seen all the stuff about the who won the FA Cup back in the old Etonians and all that sort of shit. Royal Engineers. Look at all the cups they've won, and then you go, oh, Blackburn. Yep. And how they won the first one, and and what a a, a massive gap there was between in English society between professionals and amateurs and and uh, and how hard life was back in I mean life was those hard are, in the fifties it was oaks, a whole lot harder in the eighteen eighties those oaks those oaks from Preston <laughs> oh my god and you know you're watching it and and it was just brilliant to watch it and then you saw at the end that the dude was the guy who was the the visionary for the for the for football association and and it was. You know, he's been, and those guys get lost in time. Yeah, they do. They really do. I was thinking about that the other day because I was thinking, you know, like football stands or, you know, people have to pull down statues these days or regardless of whatever. But you go, you know, even like two gener- three generations away and, you know, a bridge that was there, it falls over. It's no longer named after the dude it well, built. Well, well, to be honest with you, John, me and Paul are the stewards for this section and, and we're going to have a quick meeting now. Okay. And uh, so, Paul, think? Paul, I reckon that we let that one through. What do you reckon? Oh, you have to. It's better than right, the Bow Bridges one. Done. Done. End of the meeting. Done. Throw, <laughs> By throw. the way, but the Bow Bridges movie was awesome. He has a little affair with her and she's in a wheelchair and it's pretty special. Okay. Oh, my God. Let that one through the keeper. But no, maybe no, no one this guy. I love watching movies I haven't seen. I have not seen it. So I'm going to go in there. And, and, you know, there's a term that the English game – um, for that period, there's a term that I keep explaining to people in Australia, and you guys can correct me here and show my lack of knowledge, right? But back in the day, uh, back in those times, rugby was called ruggers and different sports. It was just the way it was spoken about. And so Football Association, got um, the name got changed down to soccer um, because of just the way they spoke back in those periods of time. Because a lot of people say, where did the term soccer come from? So Rugby was ruggers, and then Football Association became soccer. And so a lot of people who say you can't call, you know, the world game soccer, it actually originates back from that period with the English game and becoming the FA. I think, I think you're backing up the wrong tree there, mate. Oh, I think I'm I, – I, you correct me. You find where the term soccer came from. I'll guarantee it's, it came from England. So, yeah, it's from the uh, – that's where the term came from. 
that it, it was only ever brought in, in my opinion, I, I stand corrected, only ever brought in in the like sixties and seventies in in uh, overseas. It was it was never it it, uh, it was from the NASL. In England, everything's it's 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 called rugby or rugby league. Well, it's the, so rugby would, rugby would apply to rugby union over in England. Rugby and league. You say it was called, league called rugby, rugby league. Yeah. Rugby union was called rugby football. I mean, still it, r- r- mm. rugby football. Uh, the the but the the term soccer was never that never got back to that never soccer, went back to those which is days. Which originated in Britain some two hundred years ago. It comes to well, the official name oh, of the sport. Yeah, but so, so, I'm just saying. I'm Wikipedia, saying it, Wikipedia's shite, Paul. You know, but that. I wasn't. I, I looked at Wikipedia then. I'm just going back from what I've read from many books that I've read about the game as a kid trying to find out where the term mm. soccer came from when everyone told me it was football. So it comes from Britain. Um, I'm sure if you go, I'm sure if you go to a certain site, it'll say the Navajo Indians uh, invented it in in 1798 or something. No, no problems. So. The, the Americans and Australians must have invented it. No problems. When it becomes a, when it becomes an argument, say, I've never cared. Yeah, who gives a shit? I couldn't care less. I call it soccer myself. I call it. I call it football, 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 and rugby. And see, people. A lot of people don't know the difference between rugby league and rugby union. No. So, what take offence at anything? It doesn't matter. I, and I suppose I was coming from Victoria originally, and having you know VFL and then the AFL as football, and then I being someone who loved the world game, loved rugby league, loved union, you know stuff like or loved rugby. I had to differentiate, so I had to use the term. And I find it harder to say football. See, I've, it, this is where it becomes stupid, right? Yeah. I find it harder to call soccer football because even from coming here as a child in Queensland, I'm not used to it. Yeah. So why be worried about it? Well, there are. I mean, look, there are though, aren't there? Both. You know, you get you get yeah, you get told you. There's not bigger football. issues in the world than that. Uh, Well, let's let's keep it on the soccer theme then, and a movie that um, would be close to Sean's heart in terms of the history is uh, Damned United. Um, you know, great book and a movie. I don't know why it probably grabbed me because I didn't know some of that history, but I absolutely loved it, and uh, one of my favourite actors in there as well. It's a great film, great piece of work. Uh, actual factual side of it's about twenty. About the actual factual side of it's about twenty five percent. So you got uh, still there? I thought sure you'd have under your chin. No, 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 never, never. The 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 actual facts factual side of the film's about twenty five percent. What happened was uh, the three protagonists. There was four protagonists really. There was uh, Bremner, Clough. Revy and Johnny Giles. Yeah. And three of the four had died, so they couldn't defend themselves. Uh, Giles took the case to the high court and won. So I'll just leave it at that. It's, it's, it's a work of fiction. It's fiction. Well, I appreciate your... It's fiction. I appreciate your point of view, not knowing some of the history the way you would. It's fiction, Paul. Seriously, man. Well, as, as a sporting fictional movie, um, it I really enjoyed it. and It's um, a great film. It's a yeah. great film, but... Please don't think about twenty five of that twenty five percent of that stuff happened. The rest of it is 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 made up. Yeah, I did do uh, did do my research after watching the movie, and you know, yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree with so many people saying. But as as just an insight into the machinations <laughs> of people um, and how teams fall out and everything like that, I really enjoyed it. Really loved it. Oh, it's a great film. It's a great great film, and it, and it's, well, Paul. Andy, for you here to go with the window in the sky as your third favourite. <laughs> I'm bringing it in. Star of Bridges. I'm bringing it in. There's, no There's nothing wrong with the Bridges. I love the Bridges family. What an amazing acting family they are. 
Family they are, big time. Absolutely. So how many movies we got left each there, guys? I've got three. I've three. Got three. You guys have got three? I've three. got two. So rock and roll, you two. Johnny? Oh, I'll go next. Um, my next one is a documentary. It's another one of those ESPN 30 for 30s. And it is The Four Falls of Buffalo. Oh, God. What a, Man. What a movie. I, I, you know, took it, it was, it's not a tearjerker like the, um, the, the were brothers one with the Stankovic, Stankovic and I'm talking football there, Petrovic. Stankovic and Sukor. But, um, can you imagine if you had had those two guys playing up front for Yugoslavia, oh. Dayan Stankovic and Sukor. What a great combination that would have been. But I, I, I went with this because I, one of the things about American, media and it's become a big thing in Britain and in Australia is that we don't recognise greatness when it doesn't actually win. 100%. If you don't win titles, yep. Yeah. It's all about the rings or it's all about the titles. and so You can be a great team. And, I mean, in football, for me, the greatest football team that I've ever supported was the Newcastle team in 96, 95, 96, 97. Didn't win a squat, right? But it was a good football team. Um, and Absolutely. the Buffalo Bills got the four. They got to four Super Bowls in a row, and they just happened to get beat. Now they definitely should have won one of them. They got blown out in a couple. But you have to be a great team to even imagine how many teams do you ever see in any sport these days that lose a final or lose a title that come back one year late, let alone four times. And present themselves at the big dance still as the as the next best team. And watching the guys talk about it and how close they were, and 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 the love for the city and the town and the fans and that jersey. And it was just a brilliant documentary. And ever since then, in the NFL, a bunch of those guys have gone into the um, Hall of Fame. But also, it's actually been recognised in America that they are an actual dynasty. Yeah, They're a that's, dynasty, that's a but good they didn't call. win. Good call. Good call. I think it's one of the best documents. I had I didn't see it when it came out, um, and I wanted to see it, and I had troubles with pay TV and yada yada yada. And, and then when I got to see it, and I just cleared the deck, so I got rid of the kids. Said to Lou, "I'm going downstairs," and I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, that was just on point. That was brilliant." And I, I love Jim Kelly. He was one of my favorite players. I and, and and you know what, John, from a from a football perspective. I, I would I would sort of um, rank Newcastle United for about four or five years there as as in, similar sort of thing to Leeds United from about ninety nine to two thousand two or uh, two thousand one. You know that little window of excellence where you were just great, but you didn't mm. did nothing to show for it, and it and, and you couldn't and, win the thing. I remember I remember you you putting Man U to the sword five one. And I think it was Philip Albert came out from the back and lobbed Smigel. That's one of the most yeah. beautiful things I've ever seen. It Broke my toe watching that. Amazing, amazing. And they, oh. they, um, so the Bills, what they made four Super Bowls in a row. Um, they did, and oh, just heartbreaking. And we would have been, we would have been quite young in those times. We would have been in our twenties, um, and I think the only other team who's ever done that. And, no other team's ever made it to four Super Bowls in a row. I think the Dolphins made three in the 70s in a row. Uh, but yeah, no, they're it. They're it. Yeah. I mean, teams teams can't barely repeat. Like in the NFL in recent times, it's like, you know, if you, it, um, who remembers Carolina Panthers playing in the Super Bowl? That was only four years ago. They're not. They're nowhere near it. Well, he's at uh, the court, you know, and the quarterbacks uh, at the at the Pats now. I mean, who who would ever, you know, yeah. who would ever think that? And it's Atlanta Falcons. They they should have won it and they blew it. And they're not back there. It's is it Jim, in any sport. Was it Jim Kelly? Do what they did. I, was I always amazing. get his name wrong. Yeah, yeah. Jim Kelly. Oh yeah. my god! Four Super Bowls in a row, and you lose them. You just wanted them to get one, didn't you? You. Did, I mean, he had a fantastic story in that he went. He went to the USFL. When it was a breakaway comp, and he would have been one of the top draft picks, and he never really he 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 was doing a, a, a John Elway and didn't want to play in Buffalo, and he wasn't interested because that wasn't his thing. And then he finally got there and um, just lit the place up. Well, you're... and they loved him, and and he loves them, and it's a great story. Like it's amazing the the whole thing. And I, that's actually one of the things that I really remember my earliest cognizance of the NFL is Buffalo getting to the. Super Bowl and getting smashed. 
and you've got you know so I mean it's an unbelievable because he was in the same draft class as Elway Marino which is another ESPN documentary that we've mentioned before as well and out of that mm. draft um, three of the quarterbacks are Hall of Famers what an unbelievable draft that year if you got your quarterbacks wrong that year you're in all sorts of trouble really yeah and the, the, there's that incredible um, there's in a moment where the when they should have won the first one they were in, yeah, and I think that was against the New York Giants, right? And so I think it might have, I think it might have been in Pasadena, so at the Rose Bowl, and he's kicking to win the game. Um, I can't remember his name is 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 Nocroft Norwood is his name Scott Norwood, and he's got a kick. But the thing is, people got to remember it was from fifty yards, 50, yeah. And that, uh, yeah, and that was a, a, a um, stat back in the day. Didn't get hit that often, and there was different rules around, and dudes were belting people up, and it was outdoors. So he's kicked this ball to win the game, and it was going through, 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 and it just tapered away right at the end. And they, uh, they talked to him about it, and they go to the, the, the team reunions, and all the team gathers around him and, and holds him and stuff like that. But the dude starts breaking up in tears instantaneously every time he thinks about yeah. it. But see, what it was actually a really great kick under pressure and two inches either way, and, and you know, it's a different story. It, and that, that's, that's the beauty of sport, and that's the tragedy. And it, the, the documentary entails everything. And if you haven't seen it, every day like American football – it's worth seeing. I've watched it so many times, and I'm and I still, for some reason, think they're going to win one of these. You just you just can't believe it. And mm. four of the in that '83 class, four quarterbacks um, actually played in Super Bowls. Um, Elway, I think, was the only one who ever won one. But um, what a what a year that is! So that's another documentary to chuck in there. Is the uh, from our way to Marino, I think. And, and... Hall of Fame without rings. The two of them, Jim Kelly and Dan Marino. Yep. No rings at all. You know, if Green Bay hadn't have screwed up in the in their game against the Broncos, um, Elway mightn't have got one either because he went to about four or five before that game, yep. and Green Bay went in as massive favourites. So that's the '87 Super Bowl and um, the '97, and the Packers totally blew it because they had that game on ice, but they let uh, they let a certain running back run all over them. And that was the that was the difference. Just some, yeah. Please go and watch that, and you will. I guarantee you're going to think that they're going to win one of them. Um, Sean, over to you, mate. I think. Well, I, as I say, I, I put in uh, two two docu films and and three three sort of dramatizations. But uh, notable mentions go to the U, University of oh, Miami. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and obviously, I love boxing, and I nearly nearly put when we were kings in there. Oh, so, yeah. but. Oh, I I, I didn't, didn't want to put too many documentaries in there, but um, that my, my next one is Eight Men Out. Oh yes, and um, I, it's a it's a brilliant film, brilliant, brilliant film. It's much maligned. It's it's you know you've got a, some people say it's crap, some people say it's good. I love it. Um, it's the story of the mobster uh, Arnold Rothstein. Who's anyone who's watched Boardwalk Empire will know Arnold yeah. Rothstein. Yeah, uh, he was one of the big players. He he, he was the he was the uh, Jewish mob in New York. He he basically ran New York. He ran a lot of things, and um, it was about the nineteen nineteen Chicago White Sox, who who sadly became known as the Black Sox, and um, they were they were they were massive favourites to beat the Cincinnati Reds in the in the World Series. And you've got legends like Shoeless Joe Jackson and yep. Eddie Eddie Shikoti and all these people. And and uh, the film outlines that the players were treated badly. The owner the owner uh, mugged them off on a lot of bonuses and this that, and the other. Especially Shikoti, he 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 made a deal where he if he won thirty winning games, yep. uh, as a pitcher, he got ten thousand dollar bonus, and he was benched for five games. And uh, it, and so the, the the narrative is is that the players were getting the piss taken out of them, so they decided to to to, to fix the World Series, and and they were the hottest of hottest favourites. And uh, it, it, uh, I think eight players were banned for life, um, and um, it, it's it's a it's a really 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 good film. There is some conjecture to say that 
some people are saying that the narrative of the film is wrong. Yeah. But I think the narrative of the film is spot on. And 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 arguably, I know you know American baseball isn't massive worldwide, but arguably this is the biggest sporting um, story ever. Well, it was then. Yeah. It was massive worldwide, Sean. Ever. And Shoeless uh, Sh- Sh- Joe Jackson was illiterate. He was he 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 was the best batsman. He was the best hitter yep. in baseball, and he was illiterate. And and the talk is that he got duped into it. But it, it's it's just a brilliant film, and and the whole story is is just amazing. And uh, and and as I said, I'd, again, I'd urge people to just give it a look. And, and it's a sensational cast as well. So when you you'll be really surprised at some of the actors you'll see in there. But hundred um, percent, it's some big names, and and, and it's interesting. Bet Midlow. <laughs> one of the greatest Sissy Spacek well, two, two of the greatest hit, oh, hitters yeah. of all time um, but you yeah. did say baseball you know not being the, the worldwide game but hasn't it produced some unbelievable baseball movies like none of us included mm-hmm. The Natural I don't believe like we haven't got The Natural in there and that is a sensational movie itself um, but you know I I'm going back to football again and we are we are an Australian podcast but I, any given Sunday because my my rationale behind um, the movies I chose, and this list, this list could change next week and the week after, was can I just put it on at any time and watch it? And any given Sunday, I can put it on at any part of the movie and, and I just absolutely love it. I don't know why. I know it's got its faults. But, um, yeah, any given Sunday for me. It's funny when you hear the Americans talking about it because they pan it, but it was my number two as well, Paul. Um, I absolutely love the movie. Uh, I went to see it at the movie. I actually went to see it at the movies. Yeah. Um, and I'll never forget the final scene. The well, I like there was there was the blood and guts of the offensive and defensive lines going at it, and people just smashing each other, dudes getting needles to get on the field. Yep. Uh, all that stuff. But the final scene, and I've used it several times. Al Pacino in the dressing room when I think they were the Sharks, weren't they? Yeah. And the Sharks are going, the Sharks are going into a trying to get to a Super Bowl against the LA Knights or whatever. And he's just talking it about, you know, it is the inches in front of your face, the one inch hit, the inch that we can grab here and there. Yep. And and all that. And I've used that with my kids and I've and I've had incredible responses. One of the great when scenes. Not one of the great scenes. Yeah. But the other part of the movie that's really noticeable is uh, when I think it's Lawrence Taylor is there and there with nothing on. And um, it's like, you know, talk about the inches in front of your face. Yeah. It's, uh, you it's know, a fam- it's, it's a um, family show, John. <laughs> I didn't say, what did I say? Controversial. <laughs> Who were misses? Um, Who were misses? What are they, is the, to quote another movie when um, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson say, as an alcoholic, I believe they called it a moment of clarity. And it's like, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> it's like, wow, I'm not Lawrence Taylor. So you have you have you got the in front of your face? Have you got one left now, John? You got one left each. Yeah, I've only got one. I've only got one left. Right. Well, I've because got, I've got two. The lefty I had got taken by Paul. All right. Well, I've got two. I'm going for a, a, a British film, um, and it's called Champions, and it's a film by uh, with John Hurt, and it's a true story about the 1981 Grand National. And uh, which, which I, I don't know whether you uh, go, but uh, you remember when you were over there, Johnny. But the Grand National was such a big deal, wasn't it? In in, in the day, you know, like that, wasn't that a four hundred fifty kilometre um, steeplechase? Steeplechase at Aintree in Liverpool, and uh, yeah, the, and and uh, I do remember. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's essentially this this the, the horse Aldenity had had a had a terrible accident, and it. The, the the vet recommended that it was put down, and uh, so a window in the sky. Oh, John John <laughs> Hurt, John Hurt had, uh, so, sorry, uh, Bob Champion, who was the uh, he, he was the guy who the film's about. He had test he got testicular cancer. He was it was touch yeah. and go whether he'd live, um, and and um, and and long story short, nineteen eighty one, uh, Alden eighty and Bob Champion won the Grand National. And it and it's and it, it's it, it it's such a such a wonderful film and it's got the best music and you know one of those films that 
gets you emotional every time you hear the music. Yeah. And and you sort mm. of your sort of hair stands up on the back of your neck, and you think, "Wow, you know what? What? What a bloody story!" And uh, and 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 if you get the opportunity, just have a look at it. And it's a bit aged now. It's it's about you know it's over forty years old, but my God, what a story that is! And uh, reminds me of Black Beauty as a kid, man, and that music and that, all that. Oh, a bit like that. Well, you, you, uh, and, and uh, don't forget National Velvet was Elizabeth Taylor, mate. Don't forget that. Don't forget that but I, I, if you get a chance to watch it, have a look because it's the music is just like whoa. You, you know, you, 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 when you watch the film, you feel like you feel like you've ridden the race. That it's one of those. Well, I think I'll be sport and life before I watch that one. Good on you, pal. Good on you. So we're down to our, we're down to our final. Thanks. We're down to our final movie, and uh, from after that, guys, um, you can quickly go through any honourable mentions that you you just. You know, struggle to get in there. So, John, we'll start with your final one there, mate. Well, I got a feeling we might all have the same one. I went with Rocky. Almost went there, and I thought we might. And great film. Honorable mention for me. Honorable mention. Well, you know, I, that I, I was actually going to do tonight's thing and I was going to go Rocky 5, 6, 4, 3, do, 2, do, 1. Do, do, do. I could have easily do, do, do. done Could you get crazy? I mean, I grabbed, I grabbed my – yeah, absolutely. I love all that. So I, I grabbed my mate Rob's box set one day and watched the whole lot through from start to finish. Like, they are the – the great movies, but uh, Rocky itself, the first one, is just an amazing movie. You know, I mean, you I've, have you seen the, the docos with the dude who is actually Rocky, you know, the, the, the yeah, Philadelphia yeah, 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 yeah. dude yeah. and talking about all that. The bleeder, but, the bleeder. Yeah. I love Sly Stallone and I, and I love the movie Rocky and, I, and my son, who fancied himself as an MMA-styled fighter for a bit, he was cracking raw eggs into his cup, and I said, well, "I'd never do that." But you know, it's it's got all that, and it's a wonderful show. And and in the end, you know, you know, you know, the right guys win, they lose, and him and Creed become part of our life, and you know, then it becomes, you know, Mister T, and Working? then it becomes Dolph Lundgren, and Working and all on. that, and yeah, chasing. I remember chasing chickens around <laughs> in the. Was uh, you know, Chuck, out, was it was it Chuck, Chuck Wepner? The bleeder. Do you remember the movies to watch every single one of those movies? It was like, oh my god, there's another Rocky coming out. And no. I went I actually went and saw Rocky One Thousand and I've used that with the kids at school too, because I mean, he's talking to his son about don't you give up. Yep. Yep. I, I mean I'm sounding a little bit cliched here with the stuff I showed to the kids at school, but you know, these things they do mean something, and the, the kids do identify with it, and and so do I. And I really like Rocky. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I act- Bingo, that's my I sports had- movies. That's that. Was- I actually had Rocky down as my number one, and I and I just thought one of you guys was going to put Rocky in, and I, I. It's a silly thing to pull it out because someone else is going to put it in, but it's another movie you can watch over and over again. Uh, Rocky and Rocky Two for me are the are the absolute best of that that series, and Creed. Creed was really good. I thought it was a fantastic yeah, tribute. Good. Creed's good. When he fights, he fights Tony Bellew at uh, Goodison Park. <laughs> <laughs> when they come in, but see, the thing is, you know, the mark of a movie to me is when it comes on late at night on telly and it's on, you know, like yep. uh, or something seven like that. Seven yeah, mate. I'm, I'm going to keep watching it. <laughs> oh. I'll just, you know, I'm going to leave this on. And that, that's exactly what my rationale was for these tonight. My, my final one was um, one that my dad and I have watched so many times it's not funny. And it's the only one I've got in there that's actually meant to be a comedy, and that's um, Slapshot with uh, Paul <laughs> Newman. Um, I can watch it over and over again. I've just gone blank on the brothers who come in and all they do is fight. I just think it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I absolutely love it. It got me into uh, ice hockey. Um, so that was my final one. If you do get a chance, like we've said a million times, you will have some laughs. It's got some just... Oh, it's a great movie. 
So it's it's definitely my top two or three. I can if it comes on tonight, I'd watch it. No doubt in the world. So would I. Well, I, uh, I, I, I there's a few honourable mentions for me. Uh, I've got one to go, but like to, you know, segueing on from uh, Ch- Chuck Webner, the 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 th- I think it's a thirty for thirty. Chuck Webner, absolutely brilliant. The Bayon Bleeder, give that a crack. That's absolutely brilliant, and uh, and 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 that is a great, great, mo- great, great documentary about just a journeyman boxer who gets a shot at Ali. And yeah. my God, what a brilliant film! Um, my last one uh, is Rush. Oh, had it down as well, just in my honourables. Really, my last really one is Rush. Uh, Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Brühl, I think. That that's one of the finest pieces of acting from those two guys that in the last thirty years. Brilliant, and and I think it's 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 a Ron Howard film. Ron Howard does a great job. What a great great film! Because that would have been one of the most difficult films to reproduce in terms of the authenticity and getting the cars right and the other. And um, and it's about obviously about James Hunt and Nicky Lauda and their right. Is that your number? Your number one. It's not in any particular order, mate. But uh, I, that's the oh. last one. That's the last one I've got. Yeah, it was um, a brilliant movie. And, 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 oh, I saw that. And uh, brilliant. Uh, you know, I think what you got to understand here is that Nicky Lauder only missed two races after his accident. Unbelievable. And that guy was the most single-minded, hard-nosed genius. Uh, you know that that you'll ever see in a spot on, on a spot in. Uh, well, we uh, talked about it last. We talked about it last week about how intense that being in that seat was compared to today. Yeah. Oh man, we talked about we talked about the dude sitting. Uh, hey, I've got a fuel tank behind me that's ready to explode. There's a there's a twenty percent chance of death in those days. So, yeah. So for a lot of people who don't know, Nicky Lauda, um, partway through the season or towards the second half of the season, his car was in a tremendously horrific accident. Um, uh, the Nürburgring. Yeah, and burns to, I don't know the percentages, but unbelievable burns that a lot of people wouldn't have survived. He actually raced that season. It is just... He only missed two races. Two races. He only missed two races. He couldn't no. uh, the, 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 the thing about it is as well, he's quoted as saying... The, the 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 priest was in the room giving him the last yeah. rites, and he's quoted as saying, "Tell that priest to fuck off." Is is that the gutsiest ever bit of? I can't think of a gutsiest sports person ever in the world to go through that and then to race that season. I mean, you said he's missed two races. I've watched Rush a number of times. I still and I've read read all about it, and you just still can't believe he even had the. Oh, and, and, and I think what it is as well. I think I think what it is in terms of legendary racing drivers. I know we don't agree. We 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 all think he is, but but um, he won the world title three times, and and his contribution to to motor racing is in, in, incalculable, and uh, he, he he's an absolute. He sits at the very very top table, very top table, you know. And, uh, and, and well, as far as the things you could ever do, I mean, that it, you would have to go. I mean, I think in Australian sports terms, John Sattler playing with a broken jaw is pretty high up, but it's not that. No. It's not that to actually be like literally dead. He was literally he, as dead. As I said, he, he told the priest to fuck off. He says, get him out of here, get him out. And he's good. And he could, he could see him, he could see him putting the putting his, his thumb on his, on his forehead and that, you know. Mm. And he was swathed in bandages to get into the car yeah. and to get in and, and, and to be able to drive again. When the, one of the things about those kind of full-on injuries with burns and that is that it's not your skin, it's what burns inside of you, yeah. it's your lungs. Absolutely. And so he can't. He can hardly breathe. And I think he only had like something like crazy, like 12% of his lung function available to him. Well, as, and, as, as, as you know. And the car's like driving a big pig. It was pretty, as a lot, there was no power steering. No, no. That well, would pulling the car around the circuit as, as you know guys as well he, he was you know it was he, he, he was just such a legend of of of, of motor racing but he, he as you say it was like being he's been strapped to a, a strapped to a bomb and, it was being strapped hmm. to a bomb and I love and, that kind of archival footage at the end you see that in, in a fair few movies but seeing um, you know 
James Hunt and, and then seeing Nicky Lauder, who they were and everything and the respect they had each for each other at in at the end. I just, at the end, or, yeah. At the end. If you see the movie, you'll know there's a fair bit of not respect. Um, well, I just think it's a really underrated movie. I had it Well, let's not... Let's not forget. The cars were awesome too. Let's not forget that Louder didn't want to. Louder read. Uh, he, he led the um, the uh, drivers in. Uh, he wanted the he wanted the race to be postponed. Exactly, and I mean, I'm going to quickly go through my honourable mentions, guys. I had rushed down, and I had Rocky. Um, they were ones that I really kind of struggled with a bit. Um, from an Australian perspective, two movies. If you haven't seen this one, it is really brilliant. The first woman to win a Melbourne Cup, Ride Like a Girl. It's yes, I, it, it, it's a really, really good movie. Like just as a pure movie, it's good. Um, Year of the Dogs, a documentary about the Western Bulldogs. A lot of people wouldn't have seen it. It's sensational inside before uh, inside to a club before that was fashionable. So is that, that when they is that when they were on the verge of collapse? Verge of collapse, but also playing good football. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a brilliant documentary. A couple, a couple comedy ones there. Caddyshack, dodgeball, Happy Gilmore. Because once again, I can watch, I can watch Caddyshack any day of the week. Not purely a, a sporting movie, but I bloody love it. And I had to put Karate Kid in there. Um, I know it once again, not a sporting movie, sporting movie, but Cobra Kai on Netflix now, absolutely sensational. If you're into that kind of um, nostalgia. Well, I've given a few, I've given a few honourable honourable mentions, but the, the, from an Australian perspective, there is only one. There is only one. And uh, when I was I was in I was a kid of about about twelve year old, and they used to have an Australian film season on a Sunday night in the in the UK, and I was fascinated by all things Australia, and and how ironic that I've come to live up. I've, I've spent twenty four twenty four years of my life over here, but the, there is one film. That that stands head and shoulders, and as an honourable mention, it nearly got in my. I should have put it in, to be honest. The club is the most is a ge- absolute piece of genius, genius. Mate, I um, it is a great movie. As a Richmond supporter, I just can't do it. Can't can't watch it. I watched it once. I'll never watch it again. But I, I hear where you're coming from. But too close. But to you you can imagine a twelve year old kid in in the UK watching that. And and oh. like and like, I was like, wow, you know, that's what it's like over there. And it's like, wow. And and I'm, I've I've been lucky enough to spend a big part of my life over here. And my God, how lucky am I? Well, uh, what about you, John? Is um, honourable mentions? You'd have to have quite a few there, I reckon. Okay, could be. Hello, hello. <laughs> No. Is he on his trip? Is he on his trip to the uh, Nepal? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, oh, yeah, can hear me? we can. Uh... I was, no, I was no, I was just I was just making love to the Mrs. Keeper Happy. Look, I come back. That was and <laughs> no, I was away from you. Were talk, you were talking, weren't you? It's not the size of the gun; it's the shot, John. I always remember that. <laughs> Look, so I I, I was going to say the club, and um, and that was a fantastic thing. I was thinking of the club foot from earlier on. Go, but, um, yeah, that's just bingo. Um, geez, you got some big boots there, just one. <laughs> um, so oh, I, said, I, I actually wanted to say it was, uh, it was another actually. Oh, hang on, I'm still here. You, it was a, uh, it was, it was another 30 for 30, and it was uh, about a, a NASCAR driver called Tim Richmond. Oh, yeah, and and he. He he went away with he got pneumonia and uh, and or he thought he had pneumonia. It was right back at the start of uh, the AIDS epidemic, and and he had it, and he was being the the big guy, and, and no one knew he was gay, and um and he and he had that, and he died, and his and his family, and and he was everything that shouldn't have that, um and it's an incredible documentary. I love those those little stories, and um, I saw that years ago now. And if anyone can see it, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, it was Tim Richmond. He's a NASCAR driver, and it was a thirty for thirty, and it's always been in my head. I've seen so many thirty for thirties, but that one was just amazing. Thanks for reminding me, John. Uh, I, I, you've reminded me about one I watched about six months ago about Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Senior. 
What a mm. bloody great thing that was I watched. My God, that was astonishingly good. What what a story that was. So this is why we love sport, isn't it? This is why we love sport. I think a lot of the – So many great stories. All of thousands of listeners probably like all these. Look, I don't love ESPN as a as a on-the-minute, every-minute, tell-me-how-to-think sort of yeah. TV panel, but their documentaries are fabulous and – um, you know, you have to uh, pay credit where credit's due. Absolutely. Well, guys, it's um, given me a taste of going back and watching some that I've loved, and you guys have told me about some movies that I have never seen in my life, um, and some I want to revisit as well. I think I'm going to hit the kids up with a bit of Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 before Creed as well. Um, so I hope you've had fun tonight, guys, and, and we can post up a, a whole heap more. On Twitter at uh, Hunslet White, we've got uh, Lambic Peach and Paul underscore Football. So if you want to throw some movies our way and we can discuss those with you, feel free on Twitter. Um, we'll be back next week with a football podcast for We Only Problem We Winning because Villa's going to be above Leeds and uh, Newcastle. No, we're not because we're not very possibly. No, no, we're not. <laughs> we're not unless it's goal difference because we're not. You will be though. First week. If we're minus four or something, <laughs> you'll be above us. <laughs> How would you like to join us at Man United? Hmm? What? Yeah. That's very nice of you, but Mr. Widows has told me I've got a better offer. Well, can we better the Man United, son? Well, I'm sitting here. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Love Sport Podcast, our movie special tonight. Uh, don't forget to give us your favourite movies. So you can speak to me at Paul underscore football, John at Lambic Peach, and Sean at Hunslet White on Twitter. We've also got the Love Sport podcast uh, on Facebook, and the We Only Pod when Winning football podcast is also on Facebook. Join the conversation, tell us where we're going right and wrong. We'd love to hear your voice.